tonight oxygen. Oxygen. Remember the statement that we've been using from Martin Luther. He said these words, to be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without oxygen. Let me say that one more time again. To be a Christian without, that means with no prayer, is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. We need oxygen to live We need prayer to survive spiritually. Come on. In other words, prayer or conversation, just hanging out with God. Don't make it more than that. It's just a chat with God, an honest chat with God. Coming to God is vitally important for your spiritual future and well-being. And we want you not just to pray a prayer, but we want you to live a prayer. We want you to develop a prayer life, a life that God promises that when we pray, He will answer and He will show us great things. Look at the scripture, Jeremiah 333, God's telephone number. You want to know God's telephone number? Here it is, Jeremiah 333. He says, call me up. Come on, call to me and I will answer you. I love that. Come on, you should be shouting amen already because He doesn't say, I may get back with you. He doesn't say, well, I'm on vacation for the next month. He says, you call, you pray, you make your petition. No, I'm going to answer you. I'm going to answer you. And I am going to answer you in this way. I'm going to answer you by showing you things, by showing you great and mighty things, things inaccessible, out of reach. That's what it means that can become fully accessible as you pray. Come on. I know in my life, I've got things out of reach. Come on, I've got things out of reach. Come on, we, we, we need a new facility. We need a new building. That's out of reach right now because we don't have $3 million to buy a new building. That's about what it's going to cost. Think about that. It's inaccessible, but what are we doing? We're praying and believing God, believing that God's going to make what seems out of reach fully possible and that God is going to do that. Just like in your life, what you may say, well, that's impossible. Guess what? We serve a God of the impossible. So that's right in God's wheelhouse. He's able to do that. But what do we see? Remember, God says, I will show you and answer you. But what needs to first happen? We need to first pray. We need to first call, talk to God, conversate with God. Last week, we began the journey of hearing God. Probably two of the most prominent questions that I ever get asked as a pastor is this. How do I hear God? How do I hear God? And the second one is pretty similar, but this, is it God I'm hearing? Is it Him? I mean, I think, how do I know if it's God? Anyone ever asked those questions, thought those questions, been there? Come on, I have. My hands are up. 
You know, how do I hear God? Um, is that him? You know, is it the cheese I ate last night? Was it a dream? Is it God? What's going on? And all those kind of things. I really believe that we can set practical keys in our life that will help us not only to hear God, but to know when it is God. And I want, I'm just a simple guy. I like it simple. Anyone like it simple? So we're really going to make it simple. We began the journey last week. And what we discovered last week was we need to cool our jets. Come on, we need to slow down. Our engines are revving. We're redlining all the time. We're going, going, going from the time we wake up to the time we get back and leaving precious if little time for God to be able to speak to our lives and to be able to minister to our lives, which we've got to change which we have got to change. Come on, we cannot be too busy to hear. Because the last time I checked, God's still speaking. He's still speaking. So if you haven't heard him lately, it's probably because you haven't got in a position of hearing because you've been so busy with everything else. So let's turn back to our scripture. We touched on this at the end of the message last week. And I encourage you, go online on the podcasts, follow our messages, because I just really believe that you miss so much when you miss any of the messages. And I heard you had a great service. Didn't the kids do a great takeover? And Rob and Christy did an awesome job. Your kids are in safe hands. Look what it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. Habakkuk says these words. He says, I will stand my watch... And I will set myself on the rampant. And I will watch to see what, who? God will say to me. Notice capitalized. What God is going to say to me. And what I am going to answer him. What I will answer him when I am corrected. I love that thought. You may take it another way. But remember the scripture, call upon me. I will answer you and show you. We talked about that, that God wants to show us or teach us how to pray. And I love that. I'm going to answer when I'm corrected. There's some prayers that need to be corrected in my life and some things that God needs to do. And as I call out to him, he does that. But look at the response. The response is this, that I'm still going to answer you back, God. I'm not going to get offended. Come on, so many people get easily offended. God, I'm not going to be offended, but I'm going to thank you and still keep in relationship. Because listen, if you really love someone, you love them enough to tell them the truth. God loves you so much to tell you the truth. And that's where we want to live with God. And if you would read verse 2, what we see is God speaks. And God says to Habakkuk, he says, here's the vision. Make it plain, write it down. And he begins to share with him and God speaks when he cries out. So what do we see from this scripture? What is it that Habakkuk is modeling practical principles, practical keys for our life? I believe there's five things. Come on, say with me, five things. If you were here last week, we gave them to you. But I want to go into greater depth tonight because these five things will help you with question one. How do I hear God? How do I hear God? So here's the five keys, the five practical things that we can put in place. Number one, get alone with God. Get alone with God. I read this as I was studying for this message. Listen to it. It says, people who are really interested in hearing from God must pay a price. They must discipline themselves to be still before God. And this is not an easy task. But it is essential. You know why it's not easy for us to get still? Because we're so used to doing. We're still so used to being active and engaged and doing that we almost get to the place that we feel guilty if we're not doing things. But another reason I believe why it feels and it's not easy for us to be still is because it's awkward. Silence can be awkward. 
A lot of people don't like silence. If you notice, we fill our lives with a lot of things. Most of the time in our cars, we don't have silence because we have the radio on, we have a CD on. Most of the time in our houses, we don't have silence. We'll have a TV on, we'll have music playing, uh, we'll have kids screaming, all those kinds. But silence sometimes can be an awkward thing for people. So we surround ourselves with noise. Not a bad thing, but sometimes that noise can be a distraction in our lives and take us from perhaps that which is most important. Look what the Word of God says in Psalms chapter 46 and verse 10. The psalmist writes these words, Be still and know that I am God. How does he say we know God? In stillness. Be still and know. And it's pretty interesting if you would, when you get home, read that whole psalm. What do we see at the beginning of that psalm? We see God is our refuge and strength. He's a very present help in our time of need. He talks about though the mountains may be cast into the sea, though the waves. There's a lot of noise that's going on. There's a lot of greatness. God's wonder and his splendor and everything he can do. And it's almost like there's so much noise. And then the psalmist comes to the end and he says, but you know what? Here's how you truly know God. Be still. Be still. Be still and know what God wants to be for and if or in your life. Think about that. What God wants to be for your life and what God wants to be in your life. I love the Message Bible. The Message Bible of this verse says this. Are you ready? Step out of the traffic. It's kind of cool, huh? Step out. Out of the traffic, take a long, loving look at me. Pretty picture there of God. And Jesus, in his life, if you were to study the life of Jesus, we would see that he developed a discipline of stillness before God. In spite of his extreme busy life, because he was busy when he was here. For three years, he operated and ministered, man. That was his window of opportunity. He was busy. He seized every moment of those times. But look what it says in Mark 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning. Come on. Now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to where? A solitary place. And there he prayed. I want to say a statement tonight. Are you ready? Grab a hold of this. Until you can get comfortable with silence, you will never truly hear the voice of God in your life. Until you can get comfortable with silence, you will never truly hear the voice of God in your life. An authentic Christian, and we're going to be talking about what does a Christian look like, salt and light, next month, and we're excited about that series. But last week we talked about an authentic Christian, and what made us authentic wasn't what we did or what we knew, but the walk, the process, being engaged with God and walking with God and following His instruction and commandments. But what we discovered, and we will discover, is if we want that kind of life, it's not possible on a steady diet of activity. Just going, going, going. But what we will discover is this. Power comes out of stillness and strength will come out of solitude. So we need to get alone with God. We need to develop a disciplined time where we have alone time with God. And I don't know how that looks in your schedule, but I cannot strongly recommend that to you. Just to turn everything off. Maybe it's in your car. Turn everything off. And just get alone with God. Maybe it's for five, ten minutes in the morning. Just turn everything off 
and just get alone with God and just let God speak to your life. And I'm telling you, you will hear God. Here's the second way, you ready, that we can hear God. We can wait. We have to wait on God. We have to be patient. Come on, Psalms 40 verse 1 says, I waited patiently. That's not easy to do, is it? Come on, I said that's not easy to do. Patience can almost be a curse word. I mean, I can't believe he cursed in church. He said patience. You know, it's not a good thing. Some people say, I prayed for patience in the worst prayer I ever prayed, you know, because, but I waited patiently for the Lord. And what's the promise? As we wait on God, he inclines to me and he hears my cry. So what do we see? As we wait on God, it's never wasted. Our waiting on God is never wasted. It's not easy to wait and it's not easy to have patience, especially when there's a desperate need. We're like waking up God in the middle of the night. God, you don't realize we need something right now. We need it right now. And it can be tough to be patient. But no matter how tough it is, it's essential for us. Because to hurry God is not your answer. And you'll get what you don't need. If you want to hurry, you're going to get an answer. But it's not going to be from God. And it's not going to be the answer that you need for your life. What did we talk about last week? Remember this? Hurry is the death of prayer. Hurry can be the death of our prayers. And what we need to remind ourselves is this. Are you ready? He already knows what we have need of. He already knows the problems and the circumstances. He knows the urgency. He knows the need. He knows all of those things. And his delay is not to punish you, but his delay is to prepare you. Man, that's good. You need to hear that tonight. He's not punishing you with his delay. He's preparing you because you are not ready to receive what he has for your life. And if he were to give it to you prematurely, it would hurt and harm your life more than bless your life. So the process of waiting isn't the thought of God, okay, when? But the process is what? What God do you need to do in me in this process? What God do you want to do in my life? Because what do we see from God's word? He is waiting for the right moment. And he knows the right moment. Oh, well, I need it now because we live in the immediate. And this is what God knows when we need it. Why? Because the Bible says he knows our end from our beginning. He doesn't know our beginning to our end. He knows from the end to the beginning. What does that mean? He knows everything that we're ever going to face in life. And he's got it all taken care of. And you've got to remind yourself, if you're still waiting, it's maybe because God wants to do something in you. Because God has not finished with you yet. And you know, we get too controlled and we get too governed by the moment. Right now, God. Right now. But you've got to remind yourself, he is too loving to say yes. If the request is wrong, And you're wrong. And he needs for you to be right. And for the request to be changed. So he then can give you the answer that you need. You know what else I think is so important? What I get out of waiting is this. I get the fact that it reminds me who's in control. Come on, it reminds me that I can't just... He's not a genie and I just rub the lamp and man, he jumps. It reminds me that God is in control. But you know what else waiting does? It keeps me close to the one who is in control. 
So it reminds me that he is in control, but then it brings me closer to him because we develop relationship. Even the world knows. What do I mean, even the world knows? Good things come to those who... See, even the world knows the truth. Good things are going to come to those who wait. But again, it's during these times, many times, we can feel like heaven is silent. We can feel like we're knocking and no one's home. And then we begin to examine in ourselves and say, man, did I ask the wrong thing? Was I foolish? I mean... Did I really think he was going to answer me anyway? I don't even know if he's listening. Our minds can go crazy, can't they, during that waiting time. But don't get upset if he's silent, because his silence never means absence. His silence never means absence. And I read this. Are you ready? I think this really brings it all home, and that is this. God is a living being, not an answering machine. And he speaks when he has something to say. We want him to reply. He's not an answer machine. He's a living being. And he speaks when he has something to say. So what do we need to do? We need to wait and sometimes keep waiting. But you know how we wait? We wait actively, not passively. We keep pursuing God. We keep praying. We keep believing. We don't just sit back and say, God, I'm checking out. And when you're ready, just... Ring me, call me, you know. We actively still pursue God because the Bible says those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. The picture is this, like a waiter or a waitress in a restaurant, a hotel. What are they doing? They are serving. They are continually doing what they need to be doing. And that's what we do in our waiting. It's not like a bus sitting at the bus stop doing nothing. Come on, we're still actively engaged in our everyday lives, living our spiritual life, trusting God and believing and knowing that he's going to work in us. And don't beat yourself up because everyone hates to wait. Doctor's offices are the worst, aren't they? You get through into the room and you think, man, it's great. And then you wait for another 40 minutes in the room. I mean, leave us in the waiting room where we've got a TV and a place to sit. Never mind those stupid bed with the plastic or the cover things and the kids are going, give us the TV and let us wait in there or something. No one likes to wait. Number three, here's a great practical truth. If you want to hear God, read his word. Read the word of God. Why? Because the word of God is his love letter to you. It's his spoken word. Remember this. It's his inspired word that was spoken into the minds, into the hearts of men who wrote down the words that God gave them. This is his words. It's his love letter to each one of us. Remember the scripture again from Habakkuk that we read? In that scripture it says, I will stand my watch, I will set myself on the rampart. But look what it says, and watch to see what he will say to me. Notice it doesn't say, and I will listen to hear what he says. It says, but I will watch or I will look to see what he will say to me. There's a truth in this. And what is the truth? God's will for your life is found in God's word. You want to know the will of God? It's in the word of God. And if you want to know the direction and and, and life for your life, you can find it in the Word of God. And that's a good saying right there. I'm just saying, that's a good thought right there, that God's will is in God's 
word. Psalms 119, 105 says this, your word, God's word is what? It's a lamp to my feet and it's a light to my path. In other words, his word will guide me through any and every circumstance and situation, darkness, whatever it may be, God's word will lead me through. I can hear instruction and he can guide me through. I know you've heard me say this and you're going to hear me say it again because it's truth. Look, come on, if you haven't heard God lately, read God. Come on, if you haven't, come on, when you can't hear God, you can read God and that's as good as hearing God. And I heard someone say this and I thought, wow, that is so powerful. They said, stop waiting for a voice and start looking for a verse. Oh, I want God to speak to me. Well, maybe God is speaking to you, but you just want it in a different way. Start looking for a verse. Everything you need is in His Word. I really believe this is a great habit that we need to develop in our life, and that is whatever season we're going through in our life, we need to find a verse that we can hold on to. Because after all, His Word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. So if we're struggling in our health, we need to find an illumination. Come on, a word that's going to give us hope. Come on, I am your healer. There's so many scriptures on healing in the Word of God. Come on, if you're depressed right now, you need to find a scripture about joy. Where the joy of the Lord is, there is strength. Come on, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You need to start claiming that for the seasons and the places where you're going through in your life. If your kids are not saved, start claiming the scriptures of household salvation, a lamb for a house. Hold on to that scripture and each and every day when the enemy comes in, raise up the standard. What's the standard? The Word of God the truth of God, raise it up, let it build your heart and let it give you the comfort because God's word can still give you comfort, hope, support, encouragement, strength and direction for your life. And I believe that there's a verse for every problem that you will ever face in life. There's a problem, there's a verse, a promise for every problem that God has in his word. And why is that? Because the Bible says about the Word of God in Hebrews 4, it says the Word of God is a living. It's alive. Come on, it's real. It's right there for your everyday situations. It's not a history book. Come on, it's His story, not history. It's His story that is still alive, living and powerful. And let God do that and speak that into your life. But one thing I will say, and that is this. Are you ready? If you are looking for a verse, make sure that you take the verse in context. Because you can make the Word of God anything you want for your life. So make sure that you take the verse in context and let God give it to you. Here's what we're good at doing. Has anyone ever done the finger trick or the flipping through the Bible and closing your eyes and pointing? Okay, it can work. God can use anything. If he can speak through a donkey, he can use that. But you've got to be careful because I heard a story about that once that someone said, I need a word, I need a word. And they flipped through the Bible and pointed and they came to the story of Judas and it says, Judas went out and hung himself. And they're thinking, well, that's not good. So they turned some pages and pointed again and it was the words of red. So they were thinking, wow, this is Jesus. This is good. And Jesus says, whatever I told you to do, go and do it quickly. Come on now. So just be careful. You know, we can joke about that. But just watch, God has a word for you. You don't have to fabricate it. You don't have to make it happen. Come on. He wants to share with you. And so just really ask God to give you 
a word and get that. And also, if you want to know the word of God, you've got to read the word of God. You've got to be in the word. You need to be reading the Bible every day. Come on, I want to say that again. You need to be reading the Bible every day. There are too many Christians, and I'm not going to embarrass you because you know who you are in the house. Too many Christians who are not reading the Bible every day. You need the word of God inside of you because you know the truth and the truth you know is going to set you free. You need to know the truth. Get it inside of you. And if you don't read it, listen to it. There's apps, version. You can listen to the Bible. It's got audio. Listen to the Bible in your car. However, get the word of God inside of you. Come on, what number are we on? We're now on number four. Just making sure that you're listening. Come on now. All right, number four. Here's a good one, okay? Write it down. Come on, say write it down. Journal. I know this may not be everyone's thing, and it's not really my thing, but I really think it's something that can really help you in your life. Because when you write things down, it forces you to think more about what you are saying. Isn't it easy just to roll off words and just kind of not even realize what we've said? But when you actually take pen to paper or you're using your phones and you're actually typing it out, it makes you kind of just slow down just a little bit more and it makes you kind of focus more on what you are really saying. And there are different methods and different ways. And one of the ways, and I brought it along to you, I adapted this for a period of time. And actually, I really enjoyed it. I don't know why I ever stopped. And I need to start again. But one of the ways that you can do it is you can get just a little book like this. And I've got it in my prayer journal on there. And one of the ways that they encourage you to do is on the front that every day you would write down your prayer for the day. What is it that you have for prayer? You know, my prayer on... January the 25th, 06, was this, God, I ask that you would make me more sensitive to people's needs and have a heart to lead people. And I just wrote down my prayers that I just was asking for, that, God, you would give me this and just different things. And really, some things I started to write, and then I kind of thought, nah, you know, it's not important. And then what I encourage you to do is then turn to the back. So you will then turn to the back, and on here I put yesterday. Now, obviously, if I've just started praying today, I won't have a yesterday. But what do I see is on yesterday, then you write down everything that God did for you that day. And it's amazing because at first you think, well, man, I just prayed the prayer. So it's amazing the things that you will begin to discover what God did for you. You know, I, I just wrote down yesterday, God, I thank you for waking me up and giving me a spirit of joy. And give me future and greatness in my life and for opening doors of opportunities and just everything. And I mean, that's just a really simple way to do it that you can do front and back. That on front, it's my prayer. And then on the back, it's just what God you did for me and how you answered my prayers. And I think it's really good for us many times to write down our prayer and when God answers. Because so many times we skip over and don't even give God the credit and the thanks for the awesome things that he's done in our life. And what will probably happen to start with, your prayer will be longer than your praise report. But as you begin to pray and you do it more and more, you'll see a role reversal and you'll see your prayer get shorter and you'll see your praise reports getting longer and longer as you find that balance and you find that groove in God. And again, it's amazing just to slow yourself down. And you may say, well, that's not my thing. You know what? It's not really my thing. But it helped, and, and I'm going I'm to look to go back to that. And what I would say to you is, if it's not your thing, at least try it. Give yourself 30 days and try it for 30 
days. Make a one-month commitment to it. And if it's still not your thing, then that's fine. We're not forcing anything. But it just helps us slow down and just helps us, I think, hear a little bit better. And the fifth thing that we're going to talk about tonight is this, that we review them or test them. Really what we're saying is we ask for confirmation. So if we're hearing from God, we want to have the confirmation that it is God who has spoken to us because we don't want to just jump. We want to know for sure that it's God that's spoken to us, that he's the one. And that was the second question, remember? How do I know if it's God? Well, here's the answer here. We test those things. And I want to give you just really quickly five tests that you can apply to your life. And I know this is a lot of information tonight and encourage you to get a CD when you leave, watch it or listen to it on the podcast and just regurgitate it again. But let me give you five tests that I really believe are going to help you to know if this is really God or not. And what I'm going to do is I'm actually just going to give you five more minutes of this and whatever I don't finish, we're going to come back and finish next week because I don't want to rush this. Is this okay? So I don't want to rush this because I just really feel this is important. And then next week we're going to answer another question and that is why is it important for me to hear God in my life? And we're going to discover the reasons why we need to hear God in our life and what his leadings and guidance want to produce and do in our lives. So we'll finish this message and We'll get that taken care of next week unless something changes. So if we're going to have five tests, God, is it you or is it me? Is it them or is it you? Here's five practical things that we can apply that I think will really change the whole dynamics of the confidence that you have. Because too many people are praying with questions instead of confidence. We're living with questions instead of confidence. And God wants us to be confident. Just like if I was to get every one of you to close your eyes right now. Close your eyes. You ready? Close your eyes. When I say one, two, three, I'm going to get someone to speak. Uh, See if you know who it is. Close your eyes. You ready? One, two, three. Hey, guys. Open your eyes. Anyone know who that was? Who was that? Because you've heard my voice. You know my voice. We can get to a place, I believe, where we can know the voice of God in our lives. And here's some of the things that we can apply in our lives. You ready? Number one, ask yourself this. Is... It consistent with God's word. It's the best place to start. Is what I feel or what has been said to me, is that consistent with God's word? Because I want to tell you right now, no matter how good it sounds, if it's not biblical, it's not God. I'm going to say that again because I didn't get enough amens. No matter how good it sounds, if it's not biblical, it's not God. It's not God, let me give you an example, okay? This has happened to me. I've had someone come in my office and they said to me, Pastor, I want to divorce my wife. I was like, okay, sit down, let's talk about this. Here's my reply. For what reason? Well, because I'm not happy. Okay. So why is it then that you're not happy? Well, God told me that I just need to divorce her. So you're not happy. So God told you to divorce him. I looked at that person square in the eyes and said, God didn't breathe a word of that to you because God's not going to do that. There are reasons for divorce. We know that from God's word. But just because you're not happy is not one of them. So if you're contrary to God's word, it doesn't matter. You can tag it with God told me all you want. But if it's not lining up with God's word, God didn't say it. 
You've just fabricated the fact that God said it and trying to use that to justify a wrong action that you're about to make in your life. But yet, if you tag it with God, then it's going to be okay. Come on, just because you think God said it, come on, you can know whether God said it because it's going to line up with biblical truth. I'm going to give you a great truth that's going to help you. You ready? God's word doesn't fit into your life. Your life fits into God's word. And so many people want the word of God to fit into their life. What do I mean? Fit into the fact that I don't want to be totally committed. Fit into the fact that I want to sin a little bit. Fit into this because I can justify this and everything. No, no, no. God's word is not made to fit into your life. Your life is made to fit into God's word. Your life lines up with his word, not his word lining up with your life. And so many people misuse the scriptures and say, God told me to do something that God never said it. Because if it's not in his word, he cannot say that. Because he's not a man that he should lie. Has he not said it, so will he not do it. But if he hasn't said it, come on, he's not going to do it. He's not going to speak that in our lives. And with that regard too, I want to give you another warning. As a pastor, watch for personal prophecy too. Watch for prophecy. Do I believe in prophecy and a prophetic voice? I sure do. But I will say this, in the midst of prophecy, which is God speaking to you, there's also a lot of proffer lying. There's a lot of false things that's being said. And man, anytime man is in the way, man can get it wrong. Okay, so a prophet is a voice or a mouthpiece of God. So someone will speak. There's prophets who have spoken. But what I want you to say is just because that man has spoken as thus saith the Lord doesn't mean it's thus saith the Lord for your life. It still has to line up with the word of God and the truth of God. Because I'm telling you, so many people have wrongly jumped and moved and done things. Why? Because a man told them, thus saith the Lord, where they didn't bother to listen for themselves and study to show themselves approved. So remember that man can get it wrong, but God's word will never be wrong. Luke 21 verse 33, it says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will by no means pass away. God's word is as true as the day it was written till the day we'll all be taken to heaven. His word is still going to be true and it will never pass away. Let me give you one more and then I'm going to open it up if anyone's got any questions. Rule number two, key number two, practical, lined up in my life. Number two, will it make me more like Christ? It's a great test to look at in our life. Or the thought is this, is it going to build his kingdom, not build my kingdom? A lot of people want to be about building the kingdom, but it's about building their kingdom and not his kingdom. If whatever you have heard or whatever you've cried for and you feel that's an answer for God, if it's not going to make you more Christ-like, if it's not going to make you more like him, then it's not good for your life. Come on, I said it's not good for your life. 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 5, and the last part of that verse says this, we are to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. To the obedience. What was the obedience of Christ? The obedience of Christ was going to the cross, willingly, given, laying down his life to die for us. For what reason? So we could become like him. What was the obedience of Christ? It was the means by which we can become Christ-like through his sacrifice. So every Christian's goal daily needs to be what? To become more Christ-like. 
So if I'm hearing something from God and it's taking me away from God, that's not God. It's progressing my life spiritually, not just financially, not just in every other realm. It's progressing me and building me up. Come on, I have seen so many people. I'm trying to help you with practical things today. I've seen so many people that had a new job and a promotion that's not God's blessing for their life. What? A new job and a promotion? No. Why was it not a blessing for their life? Because they were working Sundays, they were working Wednesdays, and they were no longer in church. Come on, that wasn't a blessing for their life. I know we have seasons when we maybe have to, but that's not good every week to have to be out and absent. Why? Because it's not going to help your spiritual life to grow. So what you may label as a blessing from God is not always the blessing because the Bible says this. What? What what does it say? It says this, that Satan, what? He knows what God has good for us. So what does he try to do? He tries to take that from us. Satan tries to take the good from us. But you know what? I believe there's also a flip side too, that Satan can also rob from us the good that God has for our lives by telling us this is a blessing from God and trying to make us believe it's from God when it's not really of God. And so you've got to be so careful in your life because our goal each and every day must be to live in His will. And that means living according to his plan and purpose. And something's taken me away from that. That's not the voice of God for my life. Oh, but Pastor Philip, you don't understand. No, you don't understand. God won't go against his word. And he's not trying to take you backwards in your walk. He's trying to take you forward in your walk. He's trying to knock off the rough edges and to perfect you and to change you each and every day. So if that thing or whatever it may be is pulling you away from that, come on, it's not God. You need to be waiting some more for God to speak in your life and for God to change your life. Let me give you the last three so you can jot them down. Not a reason for you not to be here next week, but let me give them to you. Number three is this. Does my church family confirm it? It's a good thought there. My pastor, what do they teach in the house? Number four, is it consistent with who God made me to be? Come on, if you can't sing, that wasn't God telling you to go in our worship team and sing. Come on now. That's not God. That was the devil. And don't listen to that. Okay? Is it consistent with who God made you to be? God will never tell you to do something that's not what he made you to be. Now, God will stretch you. But come on, the stretching is going to be in the abilities and the giftings that he's already given you. And number five, do I sense God's peace about it? So important. If there's no peace, there's no movement. Come on, if you don't have peace, don't move. If you don't have peace, then you maintain where you're at. Never change the course. And we're going to be just really talking about that next week along with, and we'll finish off that message and then we'll talk about why we need to hear God in our lives and the importance of God in our lives. So these are practical truths. Come on, simple stuff. Anyone, it's not impossible, is it? Every one of us can do that. We can all line it up and just go through it. And that's so simple and that's what God wants. It's that relationship that he has with us. And just line it up because I'm telling you, if it doesn't meet the criteria of all of those things, come on, you may say, well, four out of five, will that do? No, has to be five out of five. Has to hit every one of them. Because other than that, you're settling for something less than his best and his word for your life. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. 
but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.